It's a holiday weekend. Memorial Day is tomorrow. Time set aside by our nation, all of us to remember those men and women who gave their lives for our country, our freedoms. We do so today in prayer and in the shadow of terrible violence in Texas. In the articles I've read about people who commit atrocities, there is usually investigation into relationships and connections. Was the wrongdoer a loner, isolated? That isolation nurturing evil. Good Lord, deliver us. Being a committed Christian it's a privilege. As Christians, we share. We share our sorrows and we share our celebrations together. And in that sharing, connectivity, full and vibrant relationships grow. Twenty-five of your fellow parishioners just returned from the Holy Land. Through time, in the places Jesus walked and healed and preached, they grew. They grew in knowledge and they grew in relationship with one another. From now on, Jesus' ministry will spring out from Scripture and into their imaginations as regular Sunday readings find renewed meaning. I hope that you have time to share with some of those who went on pilgrimage, share their experiences, listen to how they had communion in the Judean wilderness, in the desert, how they immersed themselves in the waters of the River Jordan, how they knelt down and prayed prayers of repentance on Golgotha, how they saw the empty tomb and thought of hope. Being a committed Christian in these moments, it's a privilege. I got to kneel down and help parishioners pray at the site where Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Kneel down at the stone where Jesus was taken down from the cross and prepared for burial. It's the privilege of sharing a journey with another person. And in that band of pilgrims, a camaraderie, relationships, and shared stories bind them together and affection grows. One moment we shared was when several married couples renewed their wedding vows. Guess where we were? It's okay, you can guess. Cana, exactly right. It's part of the story. They were standing behind the altar and I was with the rest of the group in the nave and we all prayed for them. Prayers from the Book of Common Prayer that we pray at weddings. They are prayers about marriage. The close bond two people share and strive to grow over a lifespan, they are for me prayers of unity. Looking at the happy couples, we pray, make their lives together a sign of Christ's love to this sinful and broken world, that unity may overcome estrangement, forgiveness heal guilt, and joy conquer despair. It's a prayer that I think is appropriate not only for married relationships, but all relationships, especially in times of confusion, 
violence. So we're going to pray it together. Find your Book of Common Prayer. It's the red one. Of course, Carlene brought her own today. Page 429. Page 429. Third prayer from the bottom. Let's pray together. Make their life together a sign of Christ's love to this sinful and broken world, that unity may overcome estrangement, forgiveness heal guilt, and joy conquer despair. So bring to mind your relationships, your families, your friends, maybe the people you don't like so much too, Make their life together a sign of Christ's love to this sinful and broken world, that unity may overcome estrangement, forgiveness heal guilt, and joy conquer despair. Our gospel reading today has us gathered around Jesus with his disciples, and Jesus' hope he yearns. He prays for them and for us, as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one, as we are one. I and them, and you and me, that they may become completely one. Why? So that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. It's a prayer of unity, of love, not just for the benefit of the disciples and for us, but for the world. With news of sin and brokenness and violence, there's a temptation to forget that Jesus changed the world. As one theologian reflects on this gospel reading, in Christ, the deepest divisions of humankind had been done away with. No longer were Jews and Gentiles sundered from one another in life and then death. No longer were slaves and free separated by an unbridgeable gulf. No longer were male and female viewed as on different planes of existence, for all were one body in Christ. The fellowship created by the Spirit of Christ was a new phenomenon in the world, and it remains and experienced reality to this day. There is no gulf created by the cultures, traditions, social mores, and political orders that cannot be bridged in Christ. And this, this is good news for the telling. We, of course, are called to live into this reality as Christians, where we enter into relationships with one another and strive for unity called to and can make our lives together a sign of Christ's love to this sinful and broken world, that unity may overcome estrangement, forgiveness heal guilt, and joy conquer despair. Experiencing holy moments on pilgrimage and here in church with people who are rich and poor, sick and healthy, southerners 
and Northerners, Republicans and Democrats is a way to allow Jesus into a relationship and find unity. That's why church mouse volunteering, chalice bearing, coffee hour, fishing tournaments are so instrumental in nurturing Christian fellowship and relationship. It's Jesus' prayer that our unity in the midst of our diversity will speak to the world. So start here with an open heart and to be in relationship with people you do need an open heart and a whole big sense of humor. If you are looking to respond to terror and horror in the news, certainly exercise your political power. But rededicate yourself too to the unity, the connectivity we share as Christians. Do you know, when Ronald Reagan was in the hospital after being shot, Tip O'Neill was one of the first to visit him, and they prayed the 23rd Psalm together. And then Tip kissed him on the forehead. In the midst of this sinful and broken world, Jesus is a prayer for us. He has hopes for us that we may become completely one. Why? So that the world may know God's love.